You're listening to a podcast of The River in Durant, Oklahoma. We hope that what you're about to hear will bless you and empower you to live the life that God has called you to live. We hope that it will strengthen you in faith and that it will help you better understand and better recognize who you are in Christ Jesus. Can y'all see me? I don't have my shoes on. Can y'all still see me? Because I took them off. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. If everyone will head on back in here, please. Pat and push, folks. Pat and push. <laughs> I sure do love y'all. I love this church so much. Well, I have an important announcement. Breaking news. This, today's awesome day because a guy is preaching that I'm pretty smitten over. So, I would like to formally announce the best pastor in the world. Don't tell Pastor Ed I said that. Casey Stone. Amen, my sweet, oh, I got a shouting section. I got a woo. All right, Parrish already let you know that um, uh, Dr. Holler and Pastor Ann are in Marble Falls, Texas, and so be sure to be praying for them this afternoon. We got a lot of people out still getting coffee. I don't want anybody to miss this. This is going to be good today. I say this every time, but I really mean it this time. I'm not going to keep you very long. I want to get you out to have lunch, but I want to get this to you. I'm going to talk to you this morning about being in a situation that you seem, that it seems that you can't fix. All right. Have you, anybody ever been in a bad day, a bad time where you're like, eh, I'm going to be honest with you. The past few days have been that for me. It's been that for me. It's been a walk of faith the past few days. It really has. And I have just been really struggling with some things. And I I say this, I'm going to put myself out there because I'm going to hope that it helps you because everybody needs to know that we fight the same devil. Everybody needs to know that, that just because you stand behind a pulpit or just because you lead worship or just because you greet people at the door or just because you run the sound or just because you work at the church office or just, we fight the same devil, everybody. He's roaring like, a, like he's, he's seeking a, a, whom he can devour, who's going to let him, Right? So yesterday I had made up my mind, the day before yesterday I had made up my mind, I was, I was going to call Pastor Ann, I was going to say, look, I'm not going to be there Sunday, I'm sure you've got other qualified people that can preach, I don't want to, I, I don't, I'm not qualified, I don't feel like I deserve to be doing that, I, I was, and then while I was doing that, I'm, I'm preparing my sermon, right, and studying over it, and while I'm doing it, I had, I didn't even realize that my sermon was talking to me. I was, I was preaching to myself, but I had made up my mind. I had, I had just, I had, I was over it. I said, look, I, I'm not, I'm not, I, I just, I can't, I'm not going to do that. 
And God said, now listen, when you're finished with your pity party that nobody has shown up to, just talk to me. Tell me what's going on. You're in a situation, Casey, that you can't fix without me. Right? I'm going to talk to you this morning about being in a situation that you can't fix without Jesus. Turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 9. I forgot to put my phone on the charger last night, so I hope it does not die. Yes. Sorry. Looked up and saw that. Mark chapter 9, beginning in verse 14. Didn't our worship team do an amazing job this morning? Oh, good stuff. The word says, and when he had came to the disciples, Jesus had come to the disciples, he saw a great multitude. Nope. Yeah. When he saw a great multitude, sorry, uh, around them and scribes disputing with them. Immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him, greeted him. And he asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? And the one uh then one of the crowd answered and said, Teacher, I brought my son who has a mute spirit, and whenever it seizes him, it throws him down, and he foams at the mouth, and he gnashes his teeth, and, the, and, and he becomes so rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they could cast out, but they could not. And he answered and said to, said to him, O faithless generation, how long will I be with you? How long will I bear or hold you up? Bring him to me. Then they brought him to him, Jesus. And when he saw him, he immediately, immediately the spirit convulsed in him. And he fell on the ground and wallowed and foamed at the mouth. And he asked his father, how long has he been like this? Or how long has this been happening to him? I'm used to reading a different version. And he said, from childhood. And he has and, he, and often he has thrown him out into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said, if you believe, all things are possible to him who believes. And immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you to come out of him and enter him no more. The spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and came out of him. And we thank you, Father, for your goodness in our life. Thank you, Lord, that this word is powerful, God, and it's going to bring life and health and wholeness to the people that are here today. God, I thank you, Lord, that the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Christ Jesus is flowing in this place. God, to pierce each and every heart and mind here. God, that they leave greater with greater understanding than what they came in with today. God, they leave with peace. They leave with uh, 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 mindset shifted. God, I thank you, Lord, that they're going to leave greater than what they came in with. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. Parrish and I went to New York a couple of weeks ago. It was fabulous. Fabulous. We went to, um, this is part of my sermon. I'm not just bragging. Hear me out. It was fabulous. We went, we went to, uh, yeah, 12-year anniversary. 
We went to the World Trade Center Memorial. We saw the new World Trade Center. We saw the Statue of Liberty. We took an Ellis Island tour, and they gave us the little headphones where we got to hear what was what you know the history of it, and 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 took tours, and we took a tour bus and saw all the landmarks, and and we saw um, good grief. We went to Central Park, and we went to Battery Park, and we did all kinds of stuff, all kinds of stuff. It was amazing, absolutely amazing. Ate at a hot dog truck. Parrish has always wanted to eat uh, at a food truck in New York. She did. It was an absolute amazing time. Absolutely amazing. We get back. Our, our flight was delayed. We didn't get home till 2 o'clock in the morning. We wake up the next morning. Our air conditioner's out. It's 90 degrees in our house. We get up. We're trying to, 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 we got seven kids, so we're trying to get everybody. School was out. So we're trying to get everybody scattered out to where they needed to be and, and, and to this house and to that house because they couldn't stay at home in 100-degree weather, right? We're running late for work. Everybody's go- going nuts. It's crazy town trying to get everybody gone and, and to where they need to be. I'm preaching that night at a at a revival that I was invited to preach at and so and I all of course all of this is going to happen right So this is what Jesus was walking into that reminded me of what was happening with Jesus right here he's coming back from the Mount of Transfiguration right Peter James John Moses the whole body everybody was there they're having a great time they're talking and communicating and and they're having just a, a great church service right then they walk Jesus walks down the mountain high and loving it and he walks up to all of his disciples arguing and bickering and fighting and and there's chaos and commotion happening and Jesus is like what's going on right is there is is there is there a theological question that everybody's debating what's happening what's what's the situation and 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 the disciples are like no ain't nothing like that he just wants his son healed and we can't do it Have you ever had an amazing experience to turn around and walk into something chaotic and it just seems like it ruins the mood, ruins the moment? Right? You go on a date night with your spouse and then you get in the car and your husband speeds and the wife is, then an argument pursues. Come on, y'all, listen. I had two people in agreement. You may have your boo thing with you today and you don't want to you don't want to look at me like it's the truth, but I know what's happening. <laughs> I've been there. So you you you've been in some some amazing experiences and then all of a sudden it just hits you. What happens in life when we get to a point where we're facing something that our own abilities we can't fix it? What happens? Jesus walked down from the mountain only to find out that his flight was delayed and his AC was out and he was preaching at a revival that night and he wasn't going to have time to work on anything. (laughs) This man had come to bring his child 
who was sick to the disciples. And you're telling me now that this man has walked miles and miles and miles. He probably heard of a, on a commercial on TV, Jesus of Nazareth is healing people down at this place, right? And so he loads up his son. He's like, come on, Billy, we got to go. I, I know where I can get help for you. I can't fix it, but I know who can. So then he gets all the way down there. He's following on his iPhone, right? The, the Google Maps. And then he finds a, a, an alert from Facebook that says, the, the meeting is happening right now. So he gets to the place only to be let down. The disciples say, I, listen, I can't help you. I'm sorry. I know that you carried your son probably. He was deaf and mute. He probably couldn't do much for himself. So this man had carried his son all this way just to be let down. Listen, let me tell you something today. People in your life will let you down. People will let you down. It, it's going to happen. It's inevitable because we're humans. Your best friend is going to let you down at some point. Maybe all this is unintentional, but your best friend is going to let you down. Your spouse, ladies, we're men. We can't help it, right? We're going to let you down sometimes. Your pastor, not in this church, but your pastor will let you down sometimes, right? We cannot judge our trust in God by the actions of your fellow hypocrites. We cannot be in a situation and think about, I, you know how many times I've heard this? I don't go to church anymore. There's too many hypocrites. I'm telling you, it's unbelievable. There's room for one more. Just come on in. Have a seat. <laughs> Just walk in and find a place next to the hypocrite on the row beside you. We all find, we all have faults. We've all got issues that we deal with. Doesn't make it any better. But everybody's got something that they're facing. Come on in and find a seat. Next time somebody asks, tells you that, I don't go, there's just too many hypocrites. They listen, we got room for one more. <laughs> there's room for you too, buddy. We ain't full yet. <laughs> if we get full... We'll get to two services, then we'll build another building. We got it. Well, there's, there's opportunities. There's things we can do. Don't get discouraged and judge your trust in God by the actions of others, of people, because they will let you down. They will let you down. We're humans. This man was in a situation that he could not fix. He was facing a problem that he had gone to where he thought he could have it fixed, but it didn't happen. He had heard false advertisement in his mind. Have you ever gone to a place where you expected something a lot different than what, what happened when you got there? When we were in New York, we went to this comedy thing, like a, they were doing like a comedy sketch or comedy spoof play thing, like skit what I mean a stand up whatever it is and so we walk I couldn't, I couldn't think of the word so we're walking in and it's on the outside it's this big elaborate really like nice place it's on Times Square and I was like well let's do this so we walked in and we sat down and it is a tiny 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 room tiny room and you've got a boisterous person outside going we got tickets we got 
da, 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 you know, and all this stuff. And we walk in and I was like, whoa, is this the janitor closet? Like, what are we doing? They, they, <laughs> they're going to put us in here for what? <laughs> he has gotten to a place where he probably feels that was false advertised. He had heard undoubtedly about Jesus or he wouldn't have sacrificed to get there. He wouldn't have made a way where there didn't seem to be a way to get to the answer only to be told I I can't do it. The commotion that was happening was probably Jesus is walking up on him going, what do you mean you can't do it? I just walked, are you kidding me? This man, this little boy, da, da, da. I mean, all this stuff, I can imagine it. I would have been the same way. This man was in a situation he couldn't fix. As humans, especially as men, we have a tendency to try to fix things, to want to fix it. Fix, fix, fix to be people pleasers, to try to fix everything that's wrong around you, to try to fix everybody else's wrong around them. My wife gets jewelry that is, that is tangled up, and I'm like, give it, I got it. I, I can handle this. I can handle this. Right? You want to fix everything. And this man could not do that we have jobs and careers where that's our that's what we do we fix it you use your special talents and gifts we have people that can build stuff out of nothing Glenn Irvin right Pastor Israel's got a dynamite IT company and he can fix anything with anything with software computer anything you call him he can fix it for you right we have mail carriers we have people that can fix, looking over this thing, I could probably, every situation that I can see in life, I can, I can find somebody to fix it. An electrician, like nobody's business. We've got people that can fix stuff. A pharmacy, you're sick, go get some pills, right? <laughs> we, we've, got, we've got fixers for everything. Why? Because we are a people of wanting to fix it. So can you imagine, there's even a show called Mr. Fix-It that my kids watch occasionally. Mr. Fix-It, Right? Handymen, like insane stuff, because we are a generation of fixers. We want to fix it. So can you imagine this man's frustration when he gets there? And not only can he not fix it, but the people he was dependent on couldn't fix it. What happens in life when we're faced with a challenge or a situation or or a, 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 a problem that we cannot fix Seemingly by our own capabilities. Have you ever been at the end of your rope? Have you ever felt like you tried everything like this man? You say, I don't know what else to do. Anybody ever been there? Am I the only one? Don't give up. Don't give up. I said it for the Father, Son, now for the Holy Ghost. Don't give up three times. Maybe it'll get into you. Just because you can't fix it, just because it seems like you can't fix it, just because it seems like you've been dealing with it for way too long, don't give up. Help is on the way. Amen. Think about this. When Jesus asked this man, 
How long has he been dealing with this? How long has he been fighting this? And, and the father says, since birth. Since the beginning. All of his life. That tells me that that's even more frustration for this dad. That is more frustration for this dad. Because let me tell you something. When Harper was in the hospital and she was being born, I can put myself in this man's position and say, listen, every doctor or nurse or, or, or caregiver or diaper changer that walked in there had to go through me. They had to answer my questions. I had to find out what was going on. You're going to give her a shot? Where? Why? How much is it? How many emails? Is it, is it for real? Is it supposed to? I mean, is it necessary? He's been fighting this since birth. And he hasn't left his side, obviously, because he's still trying to find a way to fix it. Hang on. Hang on. Your desires are worth fighting for. Your marriage today is worth fighting for. Your children that are making stupid decisions are worth fighting for. Hang on. Help is on the way. Just because you seemingly can't fix it right this second doesn't mean you have to disconnect. Doesn't mean you have to just stop. Tell somebody help is coming. <laughs> Just reminded me of Mrs. Doubtfire. Help is on the way, dear. She's running through the restaurant. Oh, y'all don't watch secular movies, do you? Okay. Okay. <laughs> verse 19. <laughs> Look back at verse 19. Now this is this is more of my Jesus. This is what I this is what I expect. This is what you would expect if I was Jesus. Jesus answered him and said, "Oh faithless generation." <laughs> How long will I be with you? He's saying, gosh, we've been through what together? Oh, faithless generation. <laughs> How long will I have to be with you, he says. How long will I have to bear with you or hold you up, the word means. How long will I have to hold you up? How long am I going to have to hold your hand? How long is what you see is going to be bigger than me? Right? How long? If I was Jesus, that would be my answer for everything. How, are you kidding me? Get up. There was a, a situation going around with Joel Osteen um, a few weeks ago where he had went to a graduation and made the horn sign or the whatever, long horns. And... Um, People were saying that it was demonic and it was all this stuff, you know. And he he came out with this very soft Joel Osteen answer. I love the man. Or I think I do. I've never met him, but his sister's really cool. But 
he comes out with this very soft answer and and it's one of hope and love and you know you know Joel Osteen the answer that he would give and somebody had put on Facebook I had one of my friends had sent me a private message and I had sent back this thing I was like well that that's his response but mine would have been blah 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 you know and he said he said that's why you're not pastoring a mega church <laughs> He was like, I don't, I don't think you will ever. When you pastor a church, you will not pastor a mega church. I have a problem with compassion. <laughs> That's something that I'm still walking in. No, I'm kidding. I do love people. I don't, I don't like stupid people. <laughs> Just kidding. Edit that out. Just kidding. I like to make people laugh, so that was all for giggles. That was giggles. No, I love people, and I do have compassion, but I would, but there's a difference, okay? The, the, the problem that I deal with is exactly what Jesus is probably thinking right here. I've given you the answer. I've shown you what to do. How long am I gonna have to hold your hand while we're walking through this? Jesus is like, I'm fixing to go. And then my time is almost coming. It ain't going to be that long from now where I'm, I'm not going to be here. How long am I going to have to hold you up? I've got things to do. I've got prophecy to fulfill. Right? Verse 20 says, and they brought him to Jesus. And when he saw him straight away, somebody shout straight away. The spirit tear out of him and he fell on the ground, wallowed and foaming at the mouth. Let, let me remind you of something today that it didn't take this evil spirit but one second to realize who had just stepped on the scene. Straight away, Jesus hadn't even opened his mouth. He simply met him. And the situation wow, went into chaos. He knew what was about to happen. Your situation that you're facing, the, the circumstance that you're standing in is no match for Jesus. When he shows up, straight away things begin to change. Let me remind you of another secret. The word says that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells inside of you. Not a decoy spirit, not a, not a like spirit, not a replica of the spirit, but the same, the exact same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you dwells in you I said it a few weeks ago but it's worth saying again listen to this when you walk up into a situation the situation can't determine whether it's you or Jesus standing there speaking the spirit realm is in you the same spirit is inside of you so you walk up and just begin to use the authority that you were given. And the situation has no, can't distinguish the difference. And they may be going, listen, is that Jesus or is it Casey? And somebody else says, I don't care, just fix it. <laughs> Make him go away. When you show up, it's like Jesus himself is on the scene. You may have never heard that before, and you, some of you are looking at me like, get the mic from this guy. That's not heresy. I find it interesting that in verse 19, when, when the man 
came up to Jesus and said, uh, or whenever they brought him to him and, 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 and he said, I believe, but help my unbelief. And Jesus said, not listen to this. This is what I thought was extremely crucial. And I want you to get this. Jesus didn't turn to the disciples. Now listen, the disciples are the ones that were with him all this time, right? But Jesus didn't turn. The word doesn't say that he turned to the disciples. The man standing right here and he says, help my unbelief. And Jesus didn't turn around to the disciples and say, oh, faithless generation. He's talking to the dad. He's talking to the man with the son. Because in Jesus' mind, he's probably thinking, you've been dealing with this since when? Oh, faithless generation, how long am I going to have to hold your hand? You've got to start using the authority and the power that's inside of you. Today, we have that inside of us. When we go to Jesus with a, with a problem, he's like, you've been dealing with that since when? For how long? A car ride is too long for me to be dealing with something. I want to get it fixed. He told the father, how much longer? In other words, do something about it. I'll help you, but do something about it. Jesus walked up on a situation to find a man who was at the end of his rope. Verse 22 says, the man says, have compassion on us. Have compassion on us. Have splunk nitsamai is the Greek word. Have splunk nitsamai on us, Jesus. This is what I find interesting about this, this Greek word here. Splunk nitsamai is the word for compassion, and it's found, or the word compassion itself is found around 40 or 41 times in Scripture. But this word, splonitsamai, is found 12 times. And this is, this is the compassion that Jesus had before he would heal somebody or before it would, before it, this is what would come over him before something would happen, before he would perform a miracle. Through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So listen, he says, have splunk needs some eye. This is the compassion that Jesus operated in. So obviously, this tells me that this man, he knew Jesus, he knew what he was saying. Right? He's saying, he's saying, have the kind of compassion on us that you had in, 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 in uh, uh, Matthew chapter 9 whenever you saw the multitude without a shepherd. When you saw the lost people, have that on us. Not just regular compassion. When you healed all the people in, in Matthew chapter 14, obviously this guy didn't know, but that's what the reference is, right? Have that compassion on us. I believe, help my unbelief. Have compassion. Jesus said, verse 23 if thou believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Verse 24, and straight away the father of the child cried out and said, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. 
And when Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter into him no more. Whenever I was first introduced to the things of the spirit or the spirit-filled church, I was, I was under the impression that rebuking was a mean and, and, and horrible and uh, I'm going to get you, and, right? Anybody else knew that, kind of felt like that? <laughs> and so I was always rebuking this and, oh, I rebuke that and that, you know, and all, I mean, all this stuff. <laughs> Whenever I first heard about it, I was like, this is pretty cool, right? <laughs> he rebuked the foul spirit. He rebuked the situation Epitemio, the foul spirit. He rebuked, he epitemio. The word means rebuke to bring a corrective action. See, needing a corrective action means that there's already a specific way to do something and you need to do it that way not the way you're doing it. This tells me that Jesus knew that something was off in what he was looking at. It wasn't normal. It wasn't something that should have been happening. See, if we go to Scripture, I was talking to someone about this this week, but if we go to Scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11 says that the plans that God has for you are good not of harm, to give you an expected hope, to prosper you, to lift you up, to have good things for you. So let me remind you of something, that if you're standing in a situation or you're fighting something or facing something that is not good or of hope, it's not of God, and it needs a corrective action. Because before the foundations of the world were formed, there was a plan and purpose for you, and you can bet your bottom it was good and prosperous, and if it's not right now, then it needs a corrective action action it needs to be corrected whenever you're fighting something and you're looking at, a, at something that you feel like you can't fix you need to say look that's not what I was designed for it needs to be corrected correct yourself God has something for me but it's not that there was a plan for you before the foundations of the world there was something for you before your great 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 grandparents were even thought of you have purpose you have plans look at what's coming and say listen I know what I'm supposed to have and you need to correct yourself before it gets to me. You need to correct yourself situation before you even show up on my doorstep. Use, the, use your mouth. Start speaking to it. 
Speak to what's coming. You don't even know what's on the horizon, but just start speaking to whatever's about to hit the river bend around the corner and say, listen, you better, you better have hope and life and health and wholeness and greatness for me. When Harper was in the hospital, they were saying she wasn't going to make it. And I was saying, mm-mm. <laughs> And she's sitting on the first row today. I was speaking to her spirit man whenever she was in the hospital bed in the room. I was, because that's what's never going to die. Right? That can control your life in the direction because it's never going to die. That's what's in there for good. So I was talking directly to Harper's spirit man and I said, listen, you shall live and not die. I was quoting scripture. I was saying you are in living in abundance. Start speaking to the situation that you're looking at. Start speaking to what is ailing you. Start speaking to uh, uh, over your friends' lives. Right? I used to go and pray Whenever they were babies, or little, little I did. Now they do it themselves. But I used to go pray in the Holy Ghost over my kids while they were sleeping. And Savannah woke up one night, and, and I was doing that. And she goes, Daddy, are you praying in Tums? With an M. Are you praying in Tums? Yep. Speak to the spirit man. Speak corrective action. Speak life, wholeness. As Tamara's coming this morning, we're going to worship God together, but I want to encourage you this morning that you have something inside of you, and if you see, it seems like you can't fix it, I'm reminding you that you have the authority inside of you. This man came to a situation where he felt like he didn't have an option. Maybe you're here today, and you're, you're feeling like, you don't have an option. Maybe you're here today and you've never heard that. You've never, you've never known that, that, that you have that ability. You're like, Casey, this is all foreign to me. But I'm telling you that you do. If you have not made Jesus the Lord of your life, we can change that today and then you will. Amen. If you're here today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, with nobody looking around, the gospel is this, that Christ died for your sins according to the scripture. He was buried and he rose again on the third day according to the scripture. And believing that simple truth makes you eligible and the perfect candidate for heaven. If you've never made that decision and you want to do that today, if you'll just lift your hand, never made Jesus the Lord of your life. Never made Jesus the Lord of your life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father.
look back at me. If, you, if you're here today and you're facing something, maybe this was news to you that you have the authority. Maybe, maybe this was something that, that you've never heard, but you're hearing it now. You have the authority. You have the power to change that by your word. One translation, whenever the man says, uh, if you can, Jesus, heal my son. And I think it was a New Living Translation. Jesus said, can I? That's what he said, can I? That's my Jesus again. That's my kind of Jesus. That would be me. Can, can I? What, who do you think you're talking to? Translation, I'm the word, Jesus said. I was, I was the one that was used to create. In the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God. I was there. I'm the word. I'm, I'm what was used to create the heavens and the earth and the stars and the moon and the sun and the water and the fish and the animals and Adam. And I was, that was me. Can I? <laughs> you have that living inside of you. You can change what you're sitting in. Just begin to speak it out. Even when you leave this place, don't be ashamed about it. Don't be embarrassed. Stand, it, practice it. It's like a muscle. Listen, I worked out last night, and I haven't worked out in a long time, and it feels like somebody lit a fire in my thighs. That's what's going to happen to you. You're going to feel a little bit ridiculous if you've never done that, and you want to start speaking it out and saying, listen, circumstance, I bind you up in the name of Jesus. Whatever your plan for me is, if it's not good, it's not mine. Start speaking it out. If you're looking for a job, say, job, come. Job, come. Call it in. Call, call, come in to me, job, with better benefits and better pay than what I was anticipating. Use the authority that's inside of you. You're sick in your body, say, wholeness is mine. Wholeness is mine. Your child is sick. Healing is yours. Start speaking, speaking, speaking. We wonder why we're sitting in, in, in filthy situations. We have to use that. We have to use the power that's inside of us.